Hey, Courtney. Hey, Sasha. What's a ghost's favorite summertime treat? I don't know. What is a ghost's favorite summertime treat? Boo berry pie with ice cream. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's Boober. Welcome back to Spoop Hour, a paranormal comedy podcast hosted by two Halloweenies. This is Sasha. This is Courtney. And this week, the chaos has ruled us. The chaos (laughs) is throttling us. It's just, you know, some weeks we're super cute on camera and we're like crushing it and we're like, let's do this thing. And then some weeks I have my chaos bun still in and I'm actively thinking about how my bra is restricting me from slouching as much as I want to. So, you know. Yeah, I'm about 30 seconds away from just unclasping my bra for the rest of this recording. I genuinely considered it, but I am in a white shirt that's kind of tight-fitting, and I did not want this to be a nip-nops production. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, if I'm not, like, looking, if I minimize my screen, I won't see you. You'll never see my nip-nops again. Yeah. That's fine. I was just thinking, (laughs) so, speaking of ice cream and booberry pie, Jack's parents went to Old Town today. And we've been, like, singing the praises of Jenny's ice cream. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they picked up a pint of lemon blueberry parfait. I think you mean lemon blueberry. So, yes, when you were like, blueberry pie, I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) After this recording, I can eat my lemon (laughs) blueberry ice cream. (laughs) If my voice sounds different to you, dear listener, it is because I am in my living room. We're on Twitter and Instagram, by the way. We are. You know, I don't know why you'd want to follow us there if this is the chaos you're going to get, but it's at Spoop Hour. You can email us, spoophour at gmail.com, because why the fuck not? Why not? Why, why low effort, Courtney? Well, why, why, why do you and I need low effort episodes right now? <laughs> As Close I was to making... our third anniversary of having this podcast. Do you see this? Do you see this? Do, do... Oh, yeah. Oh, Sasha's yeah. doing the flash dance thing. Like, the bra, bra is has coming off. Come off. Oh my Ladies and gentlemen, God. it's X-rated because we're naked as the day we were born, as we <laughs> always are when we record this podcast. So, as I was making my frittatas earlier today, I thought I am the embodiment of Ben Wyatt human disaster. That's, yeah. that's how I feel today. So we are, when you're listening to this, we're about, we're a little less than four weeks out from my big work conference. It is virtual this year. So as you can imagine, that creates a whole new host of problems and a lot mm-hmm. more work. So I'm a little fried. I was working. It's Sunday night. I was working before getting on this call with Sasha. I will be working when I get off this call with Sasha. It's fine. We're doing our best. Longtime listeners will remember that pretty much since we started this podcast, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you can go back to like September (laughs) and like August, September, October of like the last two years of podcasts and mm-hmm. find the same thing happening every year yeah. we know it's going to happen and yet it's and somehow yet. 
is just terrible always. And then there's also a pandemic on. So yeah. we're also learning how to do virtual things because Sasha, you're going to be a virtual person for at least the first quarter. For at least the first quarter. Yeah. So that's a whole host of issues too. Like today I got a text message from one of my team members is like, do you know what days we're meeting this week? And I was like, couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> and then I had to like scramble through like a bunch of emails on my phone while my battery was dying being like, what are we meeting? <laughs> and then like, there were just a whole lot of things. And like, everyone's like, yeah, I'm getting my like virtual classroom set up and da, 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 da. And I'm just like, I'm crying into my pint of ice cream <laughs> because I, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. So both of us are like yeah. sort of at our wits end with many mo- weeks to go. Yeah. Like last week's vacation was top notch. Thank you for putting up with us doing that. Unfortunately, things are continuing to be bananas. So that was just kind of like a basis of rest so that I can like plow through the rest of this. But we're just going to, you know, we're going to see what happens. If we have to take another break, we're very sorry. But we have 130 other goddamn episodes. So you can go listen to those. We love you. I'm not mad at you. (laughs) And we have a wealth. We have a wealth of Patreon bonus content out there. Which you can listen to for as low as three dollars a month. Three dollars a month. For one dollar a month, you get a sticker. For three dollars, and look, I'm not going to tell you your business. I'm not going to actively tell you to scam us. But let's say you're a little tight on money, and you're like, I don't want these assholes taking three dollars a month of my hard-earned money when all they do is whine about how hard their lives are. That's fine. Here's what you do: you sign up for three dollars. You pay us three dollars the one time. You can technically download all of our existing bone cone to your device, so you can listen to that if we have to take another break for three dollars for three dollars so three dollars once and you can have all of the bonus content it's like 10 hours of content yeah. i'm just saying again so. much love to our patreon supporters who don't we love us. you guys so we much love you, you help so us much. donate money to causes we do and then sometimes we buy like snacks and shit i buy spooky stamps i and you know we got the masks for the contest winners we did we've got some pictures some of our contest winners oh, if yay. you're one of the contest winners send us a picture of you and your mask because they make me happy in my heart place but we just got some and actually the person who sent us the most recent ones so side note Shaylin, who one said I pronounced her name correctly, so yay, yay, and two is the cutest person in the world. She's like, oh, actually, instead of sending me the mask, can you send it to my sister? Because she's the one who got me into listening to you guys. And I was like, shut the fuck up, you're both getting masks now, because <laughs> I go mad with power. But look at these cutie patooties in <laughs> their masks. They're so cute. Oh my god, I love the ba- the background on the masks. Yeah, like the, it looks really so, good with the Mothman on the red. Yeah, if you get if you you get a chonky mothman or any of the chonky cryptid stickers it'll be on a mask that is the same red as their eyes if you get the svelte mothman mask it's going to be a white mask so mothman stands out in stark relief anyway shaylin adorable cutie pie and her sister whose name i believe is megan yes megan hello megan shaylin sent us a story sasha she actually sent us many stories we're going to save some of them for next week when we're inevitably light on content yeah (laughs) Okay. okay, so Shaylin is catching up on our podcast. Bless. She's still in 2018, so she God, still has a, a long way to time. go. But listen, starting in 2018 is a good place to start because we were like firmly established at that point. That's true. 
And so she wanted to share some of her thoughts and stories with us uh, about uh, as that have come back to her as she's been listening to these episodes. So in regards to childhood shows that scared the shit out of us, I can't believe nobody mentioned Timmy the Tooth. <gasps> Fuck those lifeless puppets and weird haunting melodies that you can never quite remember once you've finished watching it. I forgot about Timmy the Tooth. And I did too. And now, <laughs> like, now I remember it. Oh, man. Uh, I thought somehow that was my brain, like, sublimating the, like, Candle Cove creepypasta mm -hmm. into something that I've, like, experienced personally. But no, now I have Googled yep. it. Is that? I think it's, that's Timmy the Tooth Frenching a broom. Yeah. That, I've just Googled Timmy oh, the Tooth, wow. and I'm like, yep, I remember this bastard. The Adventures of Timmy, Timmy the, the tooth, tooth is a direct-to-video musical puppet television series produced by Bomp Productions and Universal Television. The series is available oh, no. to stream on Peacock, the NBC streaming platform. You can watch Psych on Peacock. Maybe watch Psych instead of Timmy the Tooth. Okay, per Wikipedia, this show was about the adventures of a talking tooth named Timmy and all of his friends of Flossmore Valley as they go Flossmore. on adventures using their imaginations, which would usually have Timmy thwarting bad guys like Cavity Goon and Miss Sweetie or the Gingivitis Gang. <laughs> Tag yourself. I'm I the gingivitis gang. remember it being syndicated on NBC like, yeah. in the morning. I remember seeing like either commercials for it or just like bits and pieces of it as I was waiting mm -hmm. for something else to come on. I don't think I ever like intentionally watched it. Yeah. Like I don't Not remember like episodes or anything the way I remember say like Blue's Clues or Mr. Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The episodes are titled Timmy in Space. Operation Secret Birthday Surprise, Molar Island, Malibu Timmy. <laughs> For some reason, when you said Molar Island, my brain was like, that's clearly a Shutter Island parody. Why would a children's show have a Shutter Island parody, Courtney? Get it together. <laughs> Timmy dreams that he and Brush Brush are taken to a dream vacation to Molar Island. Timmy ends up helping the locals when the ancient crown of King Cuspid has been stolen by the Gingivitis tribe and the island will sink if the ancient crown of King Cuspid is not returned to the hole it was placed over. Several things. One, Gingivitis tribe is a little racist. Yeah. Two, the hole it was placed over. <laughs> Three, King Cuspid. Just a lot, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, yeah, Malibu Timmy, Lost My Brush, Spooky Tooth. Maybe Ooh, we can watch that. Yeah. The Brush and the Stone... <laughs> an, uh, an eye for a tooth rainy day adventure the, some of these like some of these are some cre creepypasta nonsense yeah and then also that. big mouth gulch that was the series sure. finale it was 10 episodes only 10 it was only 10 i feel like i saw that commercial like so much but maybe so i just I think saw it was it the same 10 episodes that they just kept airing, airing over, over and over, over again because what difference would children know that's true. They're right. like, I'm already going to have nightmares because of this fucking tooth. It doesn't yeah. matter if he's been to Molar Island 17,000 times before. Let's see what King Cuspid has in store for us. <laughs> so thank you, Shaylin, for unearthing yes. that horrible, horrible tooth <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> Okay, the next story. In regards to the twins episode, my husband is also a twin. <gasps> Before I go further, I, I have questions for Shaylin. Okay. Are they identical twins? And are they weird about it? <laughs> I, I don't know how to delicately phrase that. It's more like... <laughs> are, will you listen to our twins episode? Are yeah. they that kind of twin? Are they that kind of twin? <laughs> so here we go. Here He says... 
at birth, he was supposed to be the firstborn, but he was in the birth canal. His, or as he was in the birth canal, his brother started moving down too, and they had an emergency cesarean. Oh. They ended up being only a few minutes apart, but because of the sudden switch in birth order, there's no alpha twin, quote-unquote. They take oh. turns, it seems. They do have their own twin language, but it's not really made up. It's just uh, Quebec French on acid. <laughs> okay. I was like, I'm concerned. <laughs> we were asking I was thinking if they about freaky like, twins and they have their own language. Yeah, I was thinking about that the office that Angela and her twin sister have a weird language. In the, it's like in the series finale of the Oh, yeah, show. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, basically, it's extreme sped up French, and they omit or combine words here or there, and even their own oh. parents can't understand them when they speak that way. They also have a physical connection where if one twin gets seriously hurt, the other will feel and or know the other is in danger. No. This happens when one of them was in a car, ac- a car crash, and one sliced their arm through the muscle, and the other had their fingernail ripped off. Holy shit! Yeah. Spooky twin bullshit. That's what we called it. That's yeah. what you meant. What, that's what you were getting at with. Are they weird? Is, is that spooky weird? twin well, bullshit? Yes. Yeah. Conclusively. Yes. And then there was also a follow up to that twins episode, that movie. Oh, yeah. They're making dead ringers they're, into a movie or, or into, into a, TV a TV show, show with Rachel Weiss. Yeah. And Rachel Weiss is the Jeremy Irons character, right? Yeah. She'll be so. playing twins. Yeah. yeah. So. So Dead Ringers is being rebooted with a female lead. So she's going to be the evil gynecologist, I guess. I guess. I guess. Ooh. I just have so many more questions. I have so many we, more we, questions. We could do a whole other twin episode right this second. That's just me listing questions that I have for that twin couple and for well, the creator of the Dead Ringers TV show. And so, but to go back to Shaylin's Shaylin, email, I also this have is not questions to say your about husband's a creep. The, yeah, we, <laughs> we love your husband him. seems like perfectly normal. He I seems think, fine. I think I've heard the you know the the twin phys- connection thing like yeah. so many times from like other people I know who are twins, identical or fraternal. Yeah, but the arms muscle. Someone got sliced to the arm muscle. I was like ah, and then someone yeah. got their fingernail ripped off. And I was like no. And then in regards to Disney episode, Shaylin used to work there, so. She's got some stuff, (laughs) some news to share with us. So she has some creepy stories of her own. First, the costume room. It's super creepy because it's full of cloth, which absorbs all the sound. People could be talking on the other side of the row and you wouldn't be able to hear them. So within this costume shop, there's like the costume closet. Basically, it's like all sound absorption all the time. Mm -hmm. Of course, usually when I went to pick up my costumes, it was before the usual rush. So there's nobody in there except myself and a bunch of dismembered body parts. I remember once I was picking up my pieces for the day and I heard my friend call out to me from behind, which is weird because again, one, the costumes absorb all the sound. And two, I thought I was alone. I turned around to greet her. And of course, nobody was there. (laughs) I texted her and she said she was working at a different location <gasps> that day and wasn't even anywhere near her. No. Ah! And then the rest of the episode is just us making that sound. Yeah, she the says, end. I have a really unique name, Shaylin. Yes. So it's hard to mistake it for anything else. Oh, yeah. Chalk one up for Disney weirdness. Second is the hallway at Epcot. It's a small hallway meant for cast members to walk to and from the stage, but I always felt like someone was watching me in there. 
And it never helped that there was a supposedly motion-censored voice of Figment that would go off at random times and at random places throughout the hallway. Jesus. Seriously, I never figured out where the speakers were. One time walking through it, I could have sworn I heard footsteps following me down the hallway. This was late at night after park closing and I was alone. No. The footsteps seemed to match my pace as they'd get faster or slower with me. I chalked it up to a creepy echo, even though I'd gone through that hallway many, many times and had never before heard an echo, but I didn't want to think about any other possibilities. That is some Five Nights at Freddy's bullshit. Yeah. Now I have questions from my friend who works there as a, as a uh, oh, yeah, yeah, character yeah. cast member. Yeah. Because I'm like, please. <laughs> they got to know about that hallway, I right? I got to know about that hallway. I need to know about that uh, <laughs> costume room. Like, <gasps> And we're actually going to have a part two of Shaylin's stories. Yes. At our next episode. So stay tuned. If these are anything to go by, the last one's got to be a real humdinger. <laughs> Did anything spooky happen to you this week? Oh, real quick. Can I read to you what I put in my notes down as the spooky thing that happened to me please. this week? Yeah, well, I think, yeah. This is word for word what I put down. Brain go melt, who cares? <laughs> so that's a spooky thing. Actually, I've had a lot of encounters with spiders recently. I chose to let a spider live in our Tupperware cabinet. I saw him and I was like, you are small. I will not kill you. And now every time I go into the Tupperware cabinet, I'm a little bit scared. <laughs> yeah. So I usually don't have a problem with spiders. Yeah. But okay. Yesterday we got a dog. Yes. Her name is Yuna. Surprise. Aww. I, a cat person, now have a dog. I was going to say, can I still call her Popsicle? You can still call her Popsicle, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. She is Puerto Rican. She's really cute. She's had a long and strenuous life, but but she's okay now. She's with us. Yay! We took took Yuna out last night before we put her to bed, Mm -hmm. and we were saying that, like, oh, our backyard's kind of dark. Like, it's not very big, so we, we don't need a whole lot of light, but we were like, oh, maybe we can get, like, a bigger porch light back there so that it's a little bit brighter when we take her out. And all over the wall, <laughs> under the light and around the light were just bugs, like just bugs oh, galore, no. like sitting on the wall. And we saw like a huge Katie did and we saw all these like little moss and stuff. And I was like, OK, well, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Right. And then I saw this big shadow casting no. like underneath our back door camera. And I was like, what is that? And so I got up closer to it. And it was unfortunately a spider that was like this big. No. And very pointy and spindly. And I backed the fuck up. And like I said before, spiders usually don't bother me. I was, I noped out of my own backyard. I was like, <laughs> this is too much. Oh, man. But otherwise, I don't think I had anything like majorly spooky happen. It's yeah. just that the spooky thing is that I have a dog now. Also, your shirt is very good. Thank you. It's got sea creatures. There's whale it sharks. It has whale sharks on it. There's like regular sharks. There's and some look, dolphins. There's turtles. My earrings today <gasps> are, are whale, whale sharks. sharks. This is the spooky thing that's, that's happening right now. That's the spooky right thing that now. happened to us. We both have whale sharks, whale sharks. today. Wh- whale sharks. This is the yeah. whale shark episode. What are we talking about, Sasha? Oh, well, I was going to just say, if you have oh. your own spooky thing, please send them to us. Yeah. Spookbar at gmail.com. 
I don't care what it is. Is it a yeah. scary spider that you make your mysterious third roommate deal with because you're so scared of it that you've been ducking out of your back door to go outside and do color guard and you maybe didn't <laughs> want to be bossy and ask her to deal with it for you, but then maybe you tell her about it and then because she's a nice person, she like yeets it out to the woods for you because it's chonky and it's also not eating mosquitoes, so what the fuck is its point anyway? If that's <laughs> happened to you, email spoopower at gmail.com. That's just a random situation I made up. That's not a thing that happened That's today. not a thing that happened. No. Anyway, what are we talking about today? We are talking talking about summer summer things we've got that summertime summertime spoopness summertime summertime spoopness i don't like lana del rey i don't either she sounds so bored and then like scott bradley and postmodern jukebox did a cover of young and beautiful in like this like 20s jazzy style it's so much a better song yeah anyway it's summertime spoopness (laughs) summertime spoopness this comes courtesy of Wikipedia, BookRiot.com, AncientPages.com, GoddessInGreenMan.co.uk, <laughs> the Boston Public Library, and Inter.ifyc.org. In Slavic folklore, you have Poludnica. Basically, she is the personification slash mythical explanation for sunstroke and other heat-related afflictions. I wanted to get that up front. I'm not an idiot. I'm going to read some things to you, and you're going to be like, that's what? sunstroke. I know yeah. it's sunstroke, but like this is a fun folklore reason for it. <laughs> Poludnica goes by many names, including Poludnica, as she is known in Russia, Serbia, and Bulgaria. Poledunice, I think, in the Czech Republic. I looked up none of these pronunciations. Or Lady Midday, Noon Wraith, or Noon Witch in English. I didn't look up those pronunciations, but I'm pretty sure I got them right. Yeah. Do not email swoopowergmail.com if I said Lady Midday wrong. I don't care. <laughs> Regardless of what you call her, she generally sticks to the same appearance and M.O. She swoops in as a whirling dust cloud and lurks near fields on hot summer days. Once she firms up, she takes the appearance of a tall and beautiful young woman clad in a white dress and a flower crown, which is very festive and fun. Doing it for the gram. But if you look closely, you'll notice that she has black eyes and lips, the only features that reflect that she is actually an ugly old creature. Ah. Typically, she also carries a scythe or a sickle. So, you know, Hmm. flower crown, sickle, basically your average leaving the house outfit in these the quarantimes. Polidnica lurks in fields waiting for farmhands or unattended children to wander by. If you Mm. find yourself working in a field at noon on a hot summer day, you just might spot her watching you. If you turn your back, she may hit you with heat strokes so terrible it could drive you mad. Mm. If you are unlucky, because that's the lucky occasion, the occasion uh, is, you're just going to get really bad heat stroke and it's going to maybe drive you nuts. If you're unlucky, she will find you walking along the field and she'll strike up a conversation. Polinica will ultimately ask you a riddle. If you get the answer wrong, she will cut off your head. Because ah. remember, she's got that scythe and that sickle action, so she is ready for some chippity chopping of some heads. If you get the answer right, she might still cut off your head. Because if she doesn't like the other things you talk about, she'll just cut your head off. So, So, like, try not to talk to her. So just don't talk to her. (laughs) Yeah. Because she's going to be like, what walks on four legs in the morning, two legs in the afternoon, and three legs at night. And you're going to be like a human. And she's going to be like, fuck. And then cut your head off anyway. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. 
Palunica is not picky about who she kills, though. Like, she does not restrict herself to farmhands working during noon. She doesn't work herself, restrict herself to people just, like, walking around the fields. If she happens upon a person sleeping in the sun with no shadow covering them, she might kill them by suffocating them or giving them a terrible burn over their skin. But Courtney, ah. that sunstroke, what did I say? <laughs> Sometimes she will carry a sack and pick up any wayward children who find themselves too close to the fields during midday. So, like, keep your kids in your goddamn house. Yep. Don't let them wander around the fields because Palunica will be like, don't mind if I do. What she does with them after she gets them in the sack, I do not know. Presumably she just snatches them. I don't know if she eats them or just kills them or just puts them in a sack, walks them around for a bit, and then drops them. (laughs) Who's to say? Drops them in a secondary location. They're like, (laughs) (laughs) She puts them in a different field, so they're like, Wait, when I went in here, there was weed around, and now it's corn. corn. I don't know what's happening. I don't know where I am right now. <laughs> Street smarts. <laughs> Street smarts. <laughs> no secondary location in a sec. She can also occasionally cause mirages known as Feta Morgana. So that's that thing. Like, if you're thinking of the cartoon representation of the mirage where you get, like, the mm-hmm. swirly lines. I'm doing it with my hands for Sasha. Yeah. That's a Feta Morgana. Or that thing where, like, if you're looking at a ship on a hot day, it kind of looks mm-hmm. like the ship is hovering above the water. Yeah. It's that effect. So she's also thought to cause those. Cool. If you want to ward off Poludnica, there are relatively few ways to do so. And they're all pretty straightforward and a, I'll go on the record here, spoop hour approved way (laughs) of avoiding summertime as well. Number one, don't work during the hottest part of the day. Just just don't. Because Poludnica's going to come and she's going to give you a heat stroke and cut your head off. Two, stay in shadow for as long as possible. And three, just go home and stay inside. I think Paludnica visited me today. Yeah? Because my head still really hurts after I mowed the lawn this morning. I could have told you, don't yeah. work on hot days. It's I not shouldn't have. Paludnica no. will get you. And you'll think it's just a sunburn or you'll just have a headache or whatever. No, she's going to like sickle you and then your head's going to hurt. I think she sickled the top of my head. Does that make your head... A popsicle? That was really weak. I didn't set up the pop part. No, I'm so sorry. I'd like to formally okay. apologize to the listeners of Sweet Power. I, and I, then that's that's pretty much it about Polindica. I was hoping okay. there would be like cool legends and stuff about her, but it's it's literally just like sometimes people get heat stroke. <laughs> what are you gonna do? So then I found Letha. So do you want me to do Letha? Yeah, you, you keep going. Okay. Yeah, and I'll finish out with Obone. Cool. So. Coming at you from Celtic pagan traditions is Letha, the summer solstice celebratory festival. So when you think of like a midsummer celebration, particularly in like Western European culture, you're thinking of Letha. I looked it up. Letha is not at the center of the film Midsummer. Okay. Cause <laughs> er- okay. Earlier today, I was thinking about like summer things to talk about on this mm-hmm. podcast. And I was like, what if I just started describing the events of Midsommar? <laughs> it wouldn't work on me because I just read that Wikipedia page. Some yeah. fucked up shit happens in that movie. Yeah, no. I am never going to watch it, but yeah. I read so much about it. <laughs> yeah, my fella saw it and he was like, it's not as scary as The Witch, but a lot of it is just like gruesome. And I'm like, oh, well, then I don't want anything to do it. And then like having read it. the Wikipedia page, I'm like, oh, there's so much of this that I don't. I, I saw the trailer, and, like, in the trailer, yeah. they were disemboweling a bear, and I was like, yeah. that's and about they, my limit. They put the boyfriend in the bear, but he's a shitty boyfriend, according to my boyfriend. So. Yeah. I, it sounds like everyone deserved it in the end. Yeah. But also, 
the trailer Yikes. was too much for me. <laughs> so with when the witch came out, my fellow really liked it, and he sent me an article about it, and I read the article, and that night I had a nightmare about the witch. <laughs> oh, is this the the Vivitch? Yeah, the Vivitch with what's that like to live deliciously? <laughs> but in Midsommar, it's like a specific culty pagan thing. There are clearly Letha influences, but the only part of Midsommar that I am going to willingly watch is the part where. Florence Pugh is crying and just like, ah, and everybody's like mimicking her crying. That I feel on a visceral level. Yeah. The wouldst thou like to live deliciously thing. Yeah. I say that a lot, not knowing that it was from the Vivitch. But the other day I was driving through Seven Corners and there was a food truck parked in a parking lot that was selling Indian food. And the back of the truck in really big, like professionally printed letters said, wouldst thou like to live deliciously? (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. And I, was I like, know I've sent wait. you multiple memes of just like the goat in front of a Taco Bell and it says, Would you like Would to live moss? Moss. <laughs> Would thou like to live moss? <laughs> anyway, that's neither here nor there. It's a different festival. It clearly takes some inspiration from Letha, but as far as I am aware, nobody in Letha gets put into a bear. Spoilers for Midsummer. Dating back centuries, Letha is a multi-day celebration throughout parts of Western Europe. I said that already. That's fine. Who cares? It's Sunday night. It's Sunday night, man. While generally the summer solstice is considered to be a time of fulfillment, joy, and fertility, in pagan lore, it also contains the promise of darker days ahead, which makes sense. It's the longest day of the year, which means every day from here on out is going to get shorter and shorter and shorter. So the darkness is slowly going to come creeping in. Mm -hmm. So in pagan lore, this is because the Oak King is rich in abundance for the sunlight and celebration, but his brother slash twin, twin bullshit again, twin bullshit again, the Holly King lurks in the shadows as the descent into darkness begins. In some traditions, Letha is the setting of a great battle between the Oak King representative of daylight and the Holly King for supremacy. I'm just realizing that what if Letha is Litha? Ah, you're tearing me apart, Letha. You're tearing me apart, Letha. Oh, no. It's okay. I'm looking potato, it up tomato. Yeah. To- potato, uh, tomato. Tomato, potato. Litha? That can't be right. Litha. Litha Minnelli. Litha <laughs> Minnelli. <laughs> Litha. Phew. It is Litha. Okay. What was I saying? Litha? Litha? I don't remember what I was saying. I may you're have been pronouncing. You're tearing me apart, Letha. You're telling me, yeah, that's right. I'm saying Letha. It's Litha. Litha. My apologies to our Irish listeners, as ever. Once again, I fail at pronouncing things. It's Litha. Anyway, Litha is the setting of a great battle between the Oak King, representative of the daylight, and his twin brother, the Holly King, for supremacy. Ultimately, the Holly King will win this battle and will rule the earth until the winter solstice, and the Oak King will win the battle on the winter solstice and rule until. Litha. Okay. So half the year is Sunshine King, Oak King. Other half the year is Darkness King, Holly King. Hades and his, or yeah, when his girlfriend he's holding captive gets sent Uh, back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Why am Uh, I blanking on their names right now? Persephone. And our brains are melted. Yeah. We're like my my head hurts because I have a sickle in it. Yeah, and you know, until you get that sickle out, you're just a Sasha sickle. Put you in the there fridge. We go. There we go. I brought yeah. it back and I fixed it. You fixed <laughs> Just it. like my pronunciation of Litha. 
And I'm so sorry. I hope this isn't the first time you're listening to Spoop Hour, dear listener. Usually we're a little Someone more together. Someone talked us up and is like, yeah, you should yeah, listen you to this guys, podcast. You know, and they're like, so oh, funny. And, and they're like really together and they're not like hot messes at all. And then this episode comes up and they're like, what the fuck is wrong with my friend? <laughs> Nothing. We're better than this usually. Not today, though. In England, villagers would kick off Litha on Midsummer's Eve by lighting a giant bonfire either on a hill or near a holy well and, quote, setting the watch, which is where you stay up all night to ah. watch the sun come up. So it's, it's called setting the watch, which sounds Game of Thronesy, but is, in fact, the lore. The bonfire was said to keep evil spirits out of the town by serving as a reflection of the sun at its peak strength, because remember, this is when the Holly King is potentially winning the battle, Mm -hmm. so evil spirits who roam in darkness, you kind of want to ward them away and, like, celebrate the last, like, the big push of summer. Celebrants would then jump over or through the bonfire to attract luck for the year to come. And even if you were burned a little bit in the jump, you'll still have good luck. So, like, if your clothes are blackened when you jump over the bonfire does not negate the luck. You're still pretty lucky for the next year. Which yeah, is, you jumped through fire. Yeah, like You better be lucky. It's all up here from from it's all going up from here on up. I forgot how words work. Maybe there's a sickle <laughs> in my head too. I did go outside at noon. Yeah. Who knows? Others would dance around the fire or set herbs aflame and use them to bless their livestock. Hmm. Torches would be lit from the bonfire to take around the village as a blessing for homes. So just like basically just like little portable sacred fires to go around, which is kind of neat. Yeah. This whole thing sounds really fun. Yeah, I know. I'm like, can we celebrate this next year? It's legit. 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 In Ireland, if you carry a stone in your hand as you circle the Litha bonfire, you can make a wish and, quote, give it to the pebble for it to come true. Irish listeners, sound off. Is this a real thing? Do you know? (laughs) Examples in the article that I read that were given for, like, the kind of wish you could make and then give to the pebble are heal my mother and help me be more courageous. So kind of these, like, not just, like, I want a new Xbox, but, like, big, broad-scale, good-change things. So after you go around the bonfire three times, toss the rock into it. So you go around the bonfire three times, make a wish, throw the rock into the fire, your wish Mm. will come true. Okay. You do want to be careful, though, if you stay up with the bonfire, because the Fae are said to be roaming on the summer solstice, because the Fae just love solstices. Ah. Can't get enough of them. They love when that veil between worlds is thin. Let's do this. To keep them from exacting some of their mischief upon you, you can leave out a small offering of sweets or beverages. You could also ring bells or chimes to scare them off. So, like, if, you're, if you just want to scare them off from your celebration, just, you know, ring some bells. Classic mm. fae repellent. If all of that seems like too much work, but you do want to see the fae, you just don't want them to fuck with you, you want to sit in the center of a stone circle and turn your jacket inside out. So while you're in the stone circle, you'll see them, but they'll see that your jacket is inside out, and that will apparently confuse them enough that they won't bother you. Cool. <laughs> so the fae might be a little simple. <laughs> it's okay. It's simple. They're like, simple what? The, your jacket's inside. What the hell am I supposed to do with that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when it comes time to leave, as you exit your stone circle, you're going to want to follow a ley line home. Mm-hmm. We should talk about ley lines sometime. Yeah. I don't know yeah. a lot about them, but they seem cool. We should cool. talk about them. Yeah. So you follow that home and that will take you to safety. Okay. Once your bonfire was burned out, ashes from it could be used in fields and gardens to ensure a bountiful harvest. 
So using every part of the fire, which is cool. You could also scoop the ashes into a small pouch or knead them into some clay to form mm-hmm. a talisman. And in either case, it acts as a protective amulet. So kind of carrying that super powerful reflected light from the sun with you year round. This also isn't the only fiery part of the Litha celebration. Some early European pagan cultures would build sun wheels. What do you think a sun wheel is? <laughs> like a sundial? That would make sense, wouldn't it? It's actually either a literal wheel or a big ball of straw that would be lit on fire, rolled down a hill, and pushed into a river. Yeet! (laughs) It's just just like... Yeet that flaming hay bale. It's like that cheese wheel thing that they do somewhere in the UK. I don't remember where, but they like chase the big wheel of cheese down. It's that, except the cheese is a bunch of straw that's on fire. I'm into it. Any remnants that survived this process and were, like, fished out of the river would then be put on display in the local temple. In Wales, if your sun wheel went out before it went into the river, you were guaranteed a good crop for the season. Because remember, this is happening at the height of summer, so this is before the autumnal harvest. I wish we had midsummer things in America. We could have them. Spook our listeners. This is your mission. We're bringing midsummer back, but not like the put your boyfriend in a bear kind, the fun kind with fire. (laughs) There's fire in that movie too. The fun fire, not the The bad fire. fire, Not the bad fire. It isn't all fiery fun and games for Letha either. Litha. I've already forgotten how I was saying Litha. There it is. Yeah. Litha. The sun is entering Cancer, which is a water sign. So there's also water magic afoot. Mm-hmm. Water magic implemented at sacred streams and holy wells just before sunrise on Litha is thought to be particularly effective, especially if the magic doer approaches the water from the east as the sun travels. To take advantage of the magic of the water, you'll want to circle the spring or well three times clockwise and then make an offering of silver pins or coins, and then your spell will increase in efficacy. Mm-hmm. Other common symbols and practices of Litha include oak tree worship, obviously, because we're celebrating the oak king, even though Mm -hmm. he's about to lose this battle. Spoilers. Oak's Celtic name is... I should have looked this up, but Uh I didn't. Dwyr? D-U-I-R? Dwyr? I I don't don't speak Celtic. (laughs) Dear? I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. This is the only time I'm going to say it, except I've already said it like seven times. Oak's Celtic name is Dwyr, which means doorway. So since Litha is kind of a transition point in the year doorways are particularly significant so that's part of why oak trees are considered so sacred obviously the other association is the oak king so oak trees near wells and fountains because of the water element were decorated with strips of fabric and other colorful cloth to Mm -hmm. kind of celebrate their role as ushering in this new phase of the year okay herbs and other plants are considered to be at the height of their power at litha so bunches of herbs are often given as gifts So just like Mm -hmm. handing somebody just like a big bunch of rosemary because the rosemary is going to be more potent. Mistletoe is also significantly more powerful during Litha, particularly if it is found growing on an oak tree. While in modern times, mistletoe is more closely associated with the Yule and the winter solstice than the summer solstice, as part of Litha practice, mistletoe will be gathered ceremonially to take advantage of its power. Mm. In modern times, practicing pagans will often decorate their altars for Litha using oak leaves, the color of summer, so like blue for the sky, yellow for the sun, green for the grass, or red, orange, and purple for flowers blooming. It's also a good time to get married via a hand fasting or to practice love magic. If you decide to hold your hand fasting during the Litha celebration, Mm -hmm. you can incorporate mead for an extra batch of blessing because the midsummer full moon is called the Honeymoon. And the honeymoon mm. obviously gets its name because you're supposed to be given enough mead to last you the month. 
So mead is considered to be the divine solar drink during this time. So drinking it as part of a hand fasting will give you some magical and life restoring properties. But you want to make sure you toast the sun as you drink it just for that extra bunch of good vibes. Modern pagans can also spend Litha meditating on light and dark forces in the world because it is a day of inner power and brightness. Those with children will celebrate outdoors and maybe with a traditional fire ritual. Do you want to learn about some charms? Yes. Great. So here's a Litha buttermilk bread charm that will help bring abundance to your kitchen thanks to the sunflower seeds representing the light half of the year and the poppy seeds representing the dark half of the year. And I put in my notes... As a non-pagan, make sure if you are going to use this bread recipe, you don't have a drug test coming up. So poppy seeds can trigger false positives. Mm -hmm. So just be mindful. It does sound like good bread, though. It's just like a real basic bread recipe. So what you need, you'll need to put three mugs of strong white flour in a large bowl. I don't know what a mug of flour is. I'm assuming it's a cup. I did not look it up. Just three things of flour. Sure. Then you're going to clear a well in the center. Mix together a teaspoon of salt with a teaspoon of baking soda, then add it to the flour, then pour in 500 milliliters of buttermilk into the well, and mix it with a wooden spoon until the dough is springy. If you find that your dough is too wet, just add a little bit of flour at a time until it gets that like springy consistency. Turn the mixture out onto your cutting board and form it into a round shape. Score it into eight sections, one for each festival as part of this celebration. Mm -hmm. Then sprinkle four of the sections with poppy seeds and the other four with sunflower seeds. Okay. Bake it in a greased baking tray in a moderate oven. And so I guess that's like 375 or so. I consider that a moderate oven. It's an oven that's excited to vote for Joe Biden. I don't know if that's the oven you have, but (laughs) sure. (laughs) For so 20 to 25 minutes in a moderate oven. Give it a tap on its bread bottom, and if it makes a hollow sound, that means it's done. Fun fact, if you're making any kind of crusty bread, you can do the tap on the bottom trick. If you've ever watched Great British Bake Off, the reason why they tap it on the bottom is because that's a way to tell if it's done, is if it makes that hollow sound. Oh. You'll cool your bread completely, then place a sprig of rosemary on top and tie Mm. a red ribbon across the middle. Now, focus on your bread, turn the loaf three times, and say, from the fields and through the stones, into fire, midsummer bread, as the wheel turns, may all be fed. Goddess bless. Now, eat your bread with family and friends, and they, too, will benefit from the bountiful kitchen. That's so nice. Isn't it? But you're sitting there thinking, well, aren't I going to be thirsty from drinking all of this? Drinking all of this bread is what I was saying. (laughs) I'm so thirsty because I've been drinking my bread. Drink <laughs> your bread. It's not a traditional litha practice, but you know, to you each know. their own. You can also make elderflower champagne. <gasps> and this made me think of our real Shut friends, up. Jess I and Collins. Elderflower. Okay, here's how you make it. It's a beverage known for its healing properties. So that's why it's like part of the whole shindig. Ah. Elderflower champagne is supposed to aid with renewal, transformation, and change during this transitory period of the year. So to make it, you'll need screw top bottles and eight large elderflower heads. Make sure you clean your elderflower heads. They are flowers. They will have bugs. (laughs) Don't put your bugs in your elderflower champagne. Okay, so we've cleaned our elderflower heads. There are no bugs in our elderflower heads. They are clean and clear. Let's do this. So you're going to boil eight liters of water and add five cups of sugar, or if you are in the UK or in Europe or basically anywhere else in the world, 1.25 kilograms of sugar into it. Once the sugar is completely dissolved, cool the mixture completely, then add the elderflowers, the juice of two lemons, and slices from two additional lemons. So juice two lemons, that juice goes in, slice up two other lemons, those slices go in. 
Then add four tablespoons of mild white wine vinegar. Cover the mixture with a clean cloth and let it sit for 24 hours. Then strain through a cheese clock, cheese clock, <laughs> a cheese cloth or muslin or any other like thin cloth you have, like a dish towel will probably do it. Basically you want to get like the elderflower heads and like the chunks of lemon out. So squeeze it to get that extra elderflower taste and pour that mixture after 24 hours into your screw top bottles. Make sure the bottles are really screwed in tightly because per this recipe, it may fizz up and it might explode. So if you're concerned about it exploding, you can put it outside, but you're going to want to keep it at a consistent temperature. Maybe just put it in like a basement or a cool room in your house and like set towels down in case it, because it fizzes. Yep. After 10 days, you now have elderflower champagne. I mean, Mm. technically, it's elderflower sparkling wine. It's only called champagne if you get your elderflowers from the champagne region of France. (laughs) (laughs) There's also a traditional honey cake. I'm not going to read the recipe for it, but you can look up honey cake. This all came, the recipe stuff and the charms came from goddessandgreenman.co.uk. So if you search that site for honey cake, it'll come right up. So if you're not in the mood to bake or make alcohol, you can do a moon bowl charm, which obviously you don't have to eat or drink. So this will enhance your natural radiance and celebrate the beauty of Litha. You'll need a glass or china bowl, a glass or china jug, and a very small white candle. And the reason why you need a very small white candle is because it needs to burn away in its entirety. So if you do a giant candle, you're going to have to sit out there with your giant candle until the whole thing burns away. Oh, jeez. I don't have 30 hours to sit with a candle. Get a tiny one. Fill your jug with rainwater, which is best if you don't have rainwater, fresh tap water is fine. <laughs> Store-bought rainwater is fine. So then bring your supplies outside and set them on the ground and sit on the ground with them. Light the candle in a suitable holder. I don't know what that means. I assume it's just like a thing so that you don't get wax all over your ground. Yeah. So, I don't know, a plate? I don't know. Suitable holder. Set it at the top of the bowl where 12 would be on a clock. Pour the water into the center of the bowl and say, renewing water, shining bright, weave your charm in my bowl of light. Then set the bowl where the light of the full moon will be reflected in it. You have to do this at a full moon, BT dubs. So you'll set the bowl where the moon can be reflected in it and then leave it to burn the candle down to nothing. So you just sit with it and wait until the candle burns down. When it is done, splash the newly designed moon water onto your face and say, By full moon charm, by full moon light, may inner beauty shine through tonight. Brightest blessings of the goddess shine through me. And that is your moon water charm. I like that. And that's Litha, which seems really baller. And I'm kind of sad that's not a pagan thing that we kept around. Right? I like that. That's cool. Yeah. I'm like, this is, this is the year we're having and the time of our lives we're in. We're like two months late on when Litha and the Midsummer Festival would be. But next year, we're totally going to do it. So we have like 10 months to plan a really baller Litha celebration. Assuming we can hang out. Well, we're like a week overdue for Obon here. So we're just turning to the party. Yeah, we're just turning to the party. Yeah. So I've talked about Obon on this podcast before, but I just wanted to bring it back because it is, I mean, we're a week late, but you know, it's still the kind of the season. It's close so, enough. 
it's basically as important as New Year's holiday in Japan. And it's about, it's, it lasts a few days. In some places it's four or five, but there's kind of three main days that everyone celebrates. And it's usually in August, mid-August, though Okinawa celebrates the, on the lunar calendar. So much like Lunar New Year moves around the calendar, Obon moves around the calendar for Okinawa as well. And this year, I think I read that Okinawa Obon is actually closer to regular Obon. Oh, or wow. not regular obon, but like a mainland Japan obon. Yeah. But anyway, it's one of the most important family events throughout the year in Japan. And sometimes compared to Halloween in its like relation to dead spirits and all of that, mm-hmm. but very different in its essence and practice. Like, for example, you don't go trick or treating during it, <laughs> but it's, it's think more of like Day of the Dead. Hmm. I know a lot of Okinawan people and Japanese people liked Coco because it was like Obon. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So Obon is not technically a national holiday, mm-hmm. but everyone celebrates it anyway. And most companies will let people take a few days off to celebrate it. So in mainland Japan, August 13th is Mukaebi or the welcoming fires. And this is where people will make a small bonfire in front of their houses to guide spirits upon their return back home. Can I just jump in and say that America pillaged so many holidays from so many places. Why did we get rid of all of the celebratory fires? Right. There were so many we could have picked from. Why did we eat that? And I mean, like they, even the National Park Service stopped doing the Yule log at the National Christmas Tree because, well, they were saying because it's reducing their carbon footprint. I mean, that's fair. But... But like, that was like my favorite thing about going to the National Christmas Tree was standing yeah. at the Yule Log. And can we, maybe we replace fireworks, which suck. And I think we can all universally finally acknowledge fireworks kind of suck. Don't email spoopower at gmail.com if you don't agree with me. I mean, you can. But, you know, On can the we other do hand, with fireworks and just light a fire instead? Consider fireworks are fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Sasha's like, like my favorite thing about the summer, and I didn't get to see any this summer. I didn't even get to buy, buy or like play with my own because I was quarantined. <laughs> see, <laughs> see, I'm just I don't I don't care for fireworks. I just don't. I know I'm I supposed to like for them. other don't. people playing with fireworks. I just care about you. me playing with fireworks or me getting to go see like a big Hanabi Taikai. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. big sh- like show. You know, yeah. like mm. yeah. I guess I like sparklers. Sparklers are fine. I like sparklers. Anyway, I'm going anyway. to celebrate the 4th of July if I ever celebrate the 4th of July again with a big-ass bonfire. bonfire. Who's with yeah, me? I really love bonfires. I've, I love the idea of bonfires. I've never been to yeah. one. Oh, I've been... <laughs> when I was in 11th grade, a friend of mine invited me to her house because she was doing a schoolwork bonfire because it was the end of the year. <laughs> and she... This friend was a senior... And she and her friends had all just graduated. So they're like, we're burning all of our high school shit. And so I just brought like some of my like 11th grade papers that I didn't think I was going to refer back to the next year because I definitely referred back to other things. And we just had like a celebratory bonfire where we burned some schoolwork. That's crazy. (laughs) Damn, I should have done that this year with all of my stuff since I had to clean up my classroom. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Just light a cleansing fire. (laughs) So at the start of Obon, you decorate the deceased's altar because most people have some kind of altar for their deceased relatives and ancestors in their fa- uh, family. And they'll decorate it with small memorial tablets, fruits, flowers, and Japanese sweets. I'll get into more detail with this when I talk about Okinawa Nobon. Mm-hmm. But you, yeah, usually you also offer the things, loved ones' objects and things that they enjoyed during their life. 
while practiced mostly in countryside areas recently, some regions, including Okinawa, will prepare horses made out of cucumbers and cows made out of eggplants with wooden sticks for legs. It's really cute, you guys. It is very it's cute. Vegetables with little wooden legs. I had in high school, I had a whole calendar that was just like vegetables that were like shaped to uh, look like I know animals. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I love that calendar. That's so cute. So symbolism behind it is that the horse will help spirits return home as soon as possible, and then the cow will take them back to heaven slowly after the festival is over. So take their time. Most Japanese people also start Obon with a visit to the cemetery to help clean up the family's grave and pray for their peaceful existence wherever they are. And this practice is called Ohaka Maidi, Ohaka being grave. And then August 14th and 15th are the Hoyo or Kuyo days. During the second and third days of Obon celebrations, families will follow the tradition of inviting a Buddhist priest to their homes, or they'll visit a temple or shrine, a Buddhist temple or Shinto shrine, to recite a mantra and perform a memorial service. And these are called Hoyo and Kuyo. And after the recital, they'll go and have lunch together, recalling old stories of their beloved deceased. And the meal is called Shojin Ryori, and it's all vegetarian. Mm. And it usually includes stewed beans, spinach with soy sauce and sesame, and pickled cucumbers, tempura. Don't you mean pickled horses? <laughs> yes. I paid attention. And it's, it's just a nice <laughs> oishi meal. Mm-hmm. August 16th is okuribi. And that's a conclusion with another bonfire lighting up the sky, meant to see the ancestors' spirits off to the netherworld. And in many areas of Japan, there's also Bon Odori and Matsuri festivals. And these dances were originally performed for the deceased, but now it's like really just a symbol of summer festivals themselves. We, we do this up here in Fairfax. There's a Buddhist temple that always has Obon, and people come from as far as like New Jersey or Southern Virginia oh, wow. out here, yeah. And we always do Bon Odori, and it's fun. And then we light nice. candles. We don't do a bonfire, but we light candles in the garden. And each little candle votive, you can mm-hmm. write your deceased's name on it, and then they light candles for that. So... Japanese people are known for being rather non-religious. Buddhism and Shintoism is just kind of like something that just people do, but it's not like dogmatic or anything like that. And so festivals do seem a little bit more oriented to entertainment rather than tradition. But then each place, like each region in Japan has like their own specific re- like traditions that go into each of their festivals. Mm-hmm. So it's still very cool that like each festival has some like local flavor. But Obon is definitely one of the few events of the year that still focuses on like very much the importance of families sharing time together and returning to their roots. Oftentimes people will travel back home for this part or this event, just like they travel back home for New Year's. Like it's just very much like, okay, I have to go see my family Mm -hmm. and people will do that. So in Okinawa, Obon can be referred also as Kyubon, which means old Obon. Because that one is celebrated using the lunar calendar and usually it's whatever the seventh month is and then days 13 through 15. Gotcha. And so usually it is going to be July 13th to 15th, so about a month out from the mainland Japan Obon, which is interesting because actually the Obon festival we have here is Mm -hmm. also usually July, like that weekend. Hmm. But it doesn't have anything to Okinawa. It's just... It's just when it works out. It's just what it works out to. So... 
there are a lot of different traditions across the Ryukyu Islands and the Yayama Islands. They have different names for things and they have different timings, but a lot of the traditions in across Okinawa in general are going to be different from what you see in mainland Japan. And again, this can also differ region to region within mainland Japan. They also have their own traditions that are common. So one thing they do in mainland Japan that may, some places in mainland Japan they don't do in Okinawa is lighting candle lit lanterns on little boats and pushing them off mm-hmm. into like a river or into the sea. They don't do that in Okinawa. Gotcha. So in Okinawa, the three days are called Unke, Nakabi, or Nakanuhi. And then the third day is Ukui. Ukui. There we go. Ukui. <laughs> Okinawan Japanese is, or Okinawan Hogan is different from Japanese. So yeah. it just sounds different. So first day is the welcoming day, Unke, when the sun sets. And this is when families will visit graves and welcome the ancestors home. And then they'll gather at the eldest family member's residence, where usually the family altar is. And that's the one that's set up. It's usually pretty big, really pretty significant. And that's where they'll do their big offering of fruit, mochi, awamori sake, sugar cane, other like very specifically Okinawan treats and stuff like that. And then they set up these things called obon lanterns that are pink and blue and white and you, when you go to like department store in Japan, go just go, go to Sun A, you'll see in the month of July just all these pink and blue lanterns. They're really pretty. As Aww. a small child who liked the colors like pink and blue and purple, I was like, this is my jam, not realizing like the significance of it. <laughs> so Takanuhi, the second day, is the day that people leave their doors and windows open in the evening and then have a large family dinner. The doors and windows are open to allow the ancestors to enter the home. Hmm. And then this is also the day that people will bring Ochugen gifts to each other. And Ochugen is also one of those things that, like, as a small child going back and forth, like, from uh, to Okinawa every other summer, I was obsessed with Ochugen because you just go to any shop and they have these wonderful gift sets of whatever. Nice. So you give these gift sets to people you want to show appreciation to. So it's usually your relatives or someone that you want to say like, thank you to for like taking care of you this past year. Sometimes you give them to your relatives, you give them to your teacher, your doctor, your boss, your coworkers, customers, like it's just gift giving season. And then again, the gifts range based on like familiarity and the relationship you have. So you have like up to like, 20 bucks to like 300 bucks for your oh, gifts. Oh, damn. Yeah. Okay. And it's usually consumable items. So there are a lot of fancy snacks and treats and stuff like that. But then you Sign can also like up. get like, like, like fancy shampoos or like fancy hand Aww. soaps, like sponges, like just really interesting things. A lot of the popular summer foods are going to be things that are cold. So like my favorite ice cream brand, Blue Seal, always does an ice cream box. I'm telling Jenny's ice cream. Blue Seal has had my heart for longer. I know, but I'm telling Jenny's. I, yeah, you can tell Jenny's. You can be like, Jenny's... She's stepping out on you. I'm stepping out on them because I can't get Blue Seal in America. But yeah, they have this like, amazing box, and I've always wanted someone to send me the Blue Seal Ochugen box, but I haven't been in Okinawa in the summer I in was four years. Say, how well would that travel? <laughs> yeah, it won't travel well. Just <laughs> next summer or the summer after that, when I'm in Okinawa again, yeah. I'm going to buy myself an Ochugen box. There you go. Or ask Jack to get it for me. <laughs> Sometimes uh, somen noodles, yokan, which are like like cold jellies, fruits. And yeah, it's just like 
you, you want to try to match it with like the identity of the person too. Like what would this person like? So, and any day really leading up to Obon is like good for distributing these Ochug and summer gifts. They usually start from like about July through August is like when you want to like go see, see if you miss them during Obon, you still want to go visit your family and friends. So the eldest, whoever has the family altar is also in charge of having to like have all these visitors over. So they have to prepare a lot of food and everything for their visitors. So they will always get a lot of gifts because it's basically like, thank you for feeding us. Here's a gift like in return. And finally, Ukui or Ukui, third day or farewell day. This is going to be a day kind of like with the mainland Japan day that you're having a festival or a party. So that's where you're having music and then Asa, which is the Okinawan version of the Bon Odori. And you're saying again, farewell to the ancestors' spirits and escort them back to heavens. And there's usually a lot of food, traditionally Okinawan foods, and also special specialty foods that you only eat during Obon. And then there's a special paper money called Uchikabi, which you actually burn. Um, oh. It's not real money, but it's like significant, like uh, like symbolic money that you burn. So. F- the ancestors can use it in the spirit world. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then you'll have offerings of, like, sugar cane that's left out at the gate or the fence or the side of the road for spirits to take with them back to the other side. And they some places will burn, like, effigies of kanji and stuff out to guide spirits and, like, a farewell to the dead. Tanabata, back in early July, is also sometimes woven into Okinawan obon traditions mm-hmm. where families will go and do their grave cleaning that day. To make sure that if, as long as you're taking care of your ancestor's grave, they will be taken care of in their afterlife as well. Some of the particular um, Okinawan things besides sugarcane that are used as like decoration are the egg, like I said before, the eggplant cow and the cucumber horse. Horse, yeah. Except in Okinawa, you'll see the variation of using Goya. <laughs> with them so the bumpy bitter melon will have the little stick legs because that's like their common vegetable there and then they what also animal is that supposed to be though it's, it's cute don't worry about it <laughs> don't worry about um, it it's just a particularly lumpy cow yeah <laughs> and then they'll also put sugarcane also for the traveling thing you can't really stick 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 the sticks in sugarcane because sugarcane is kind of tough sure. but that's also like another travel Thing for them. And they also place mizunoko, which is washed rice with diced cucumber and eggplant, out with the little horse models mm-hmm. because that's also supposed to refresh the spirit. It's supposed to be like a nice refreshing meal for them. Yeah. And so, and some of the sweets you'll get also are going to be like the very, the traditional Okinawan sweets like beni mopai and like other cookies like chinsuko and stuff like that that you can mm-hmm. only find in okinawa that's what they gotcha. they use local things so it's fun i feel like with everything that has been going on this year i like totally forgot about obon yeah last week i went down to richmond to visit a mural that was painted for one of my friends who passed away last year mm-hmm. and my friend and i went like left him some japanese can his like favorite japanese oh, candies and flowers nice. and stuff and someone in my one of the half japanese groups i'm in online said like you know i forgot about obon this year because just didn't feel like the right headspace but you know mm-hmm. what are you guys doing for obon and i was like yo i forgot about it too but i at least did this like one thing like you know left food for my friend mm-hmm. in his afterlife so i i wish i don't wish that america columbus 
celebrating ancestors, you know, yeah. spirits and stuff like that. But also, like, I wish we would. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I wish it's we would nice. keep that in memory, you know, of everyone. Because also, like, my grandpa passed away this summer. Yeah. And my great uncle passed away this spring. Mm-hmm. And... You know, my uncle Gary passed away, you know, not too long ago. And so it's kind of like, I, uh, you know, like, I wish there were more opportunities for us to, like, celebrate our, you know, people who are gone mm-hmm. in America. But we also were the country who, like, killed a bunch of witches in the 1600s. So, you know. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? We got rid of bonfires. We don't celebrate our ancestors. What do we do? Fireworks. That's it. <laughs> Fireworks and just being terrible people. Yeah, fireworks <laughs> and terribleness. Those are America's main exports. <laughs> You're welcome, world. Yay! So that's been the summertime, summertime spookness. Yep. Thanks for listening. As always, please hit us up online, yes. uh, Twitter and Instagram at Spoop Hour. Send if us you... your stories of summertime mm-hmm. spoopiness or weird things that have happened to you or things that our sh- show has reminded you of. Spoophour at gmail.com. Yep. If you bought one of our masks, or if you're one of the people who got them in our mask send giveaway, pics. send us pics. Y'all are cuties. We love seeing you. So, yep. you know, let us look at you, but not in like a weird way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nervous laughing. I'm sorry. I've, I've read enough of this Twilight book that like, it's not nearly as bad as New Moon. It's definitely going faster, but it's more like aggravating than New Moon in the sense that everybody is being so terrible oh, and no. everybody's being a fucking creep. So clearly some of that rubbed off on me just then. Just now. <laughs> that was, I'm so sorry. I just didn't suppress my inner Jacob hard enough, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> He's a monster. Thank you for still listening to us. Yes. Thank you we for continuing you. to listen to us. Thank you for telling your friends and siblings about us, even though we're a little, little clusterfucky sometimes. We really appreciate it. We're going to try and stick to our regular episode schedule, but if that doesn't happen, please forgive us. We'll be back as soon as we can with new stuff. Mm-hmm. So hang in there. Be safe. Wash your hands. Wear your masks. Try be not nice. to leave the house if you don't have... Yeah, be nice to each other. We love you. Have some ice cream. Are you ready? You bet I am. Someone light the candle. Turn out the lights. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. I'm just kidding. We're totally not doing this. Welcome to the Lady Dicks Podcast. Season 2. We're about to rain some seriously weird shit down on you. Pirates. Witches. And lots of bitches. More ghosts. Uh, I think they prefer to be called specters. Mummies. Lots of mummies. The wrapped in fabric kind, not the pack your lunch kind. Gangstas. Like gangs of New York. Like Al Capone. No Leo. No Leo. Ships. So many ships. Okay, so here's the deal. You can find us on all of your favorite podcasting apps, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, and even Spotify. Seriously? Yeah, we're on Spotify. I mean, granted, I don't have Spotify, so I can't check. Well, search the Lady Dicks podcast on wherever you listen and you'll find us.